Yo, hello everybody. Welcome to Artcade Podcast, the very first episode of Artcade Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Deadbeat Hero, and for today's special episode, our guest is DJ Fect. He is a legend, a legend in the graffiti and hip-hop scene here in Vienna and worldwide. And he is the host of Tribe Vibes on FM FIA. You can hear that every Thursday night on FM FIA. Or you can stream it online, fmfia.orf.at. We had a really cool discussion about graffiti, hip-hop, everything you could imagine, all kinds of random shit. Um, but it was really cool to talk to him, and I hope you also enjoy it. So let's get started. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's start. <laughs> That's how we start. Yeah. Is it already going? Yeah, it's already going. Okay. See, it's the first podcast we do here. <laughs> Thanks for the invitation. No, man. Thank you for coming, dude. Really, it's really nice to talk to you and just hang out. And even if we weren't recording, like it's just cool to just. Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, that that's the thing that I have. You know, you know that I work at the radio. Yeah. So I know that feeling of of creating a situation that should feel like we're just hanging out, but it's on a radio <laughs> usually, and and there's mics in between us, like now. Yeah, it's good that we do this. Yeah, for sure. Because man. you you record like a, a nice archive, I guess, in the future <laughs> of of people you meet here in Austria. Yeah, I hope so. I hope like I don't know. Is it your first podcast in Austria? Now that yeah. you record? Yeah, definitely. So why me? <laughs> because man, you, you we could talk about anything. It doesn't yeah, really matter. I don't want it to feel like it's a podcast. I don't. Yeah. Want, I just want it to feel like we're just hanging like people out. that you like to hang out with. Exactly. That have a that, that and have people a like-minded wanna, vibe. Exactly, or people that that like that I want to know more about, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't have to be anybody I already know. I think yeah. with Vienna especially, like, I see, I know a lot of names of artists. Yeah. And I don't really get to put the face to the name a lot, but you really like their work, so it's kind of a, kind of an excuse to invite them over and stare in their eyes and, yeah. and look <laughs> into their souls. <laughs> But how how do you usually like get in touch in in Austria with with artists? Is it is different compared to when you compare it with the U.S.? How approachable people are, or is it basically the same everywhere? No, actually, it's basically the same. I think it's more. I don't think it matters like where you're from. I think it's more like uh, we have the same uh, job, basically. You mm -hmm. know, it's like creative people, creative people, like kind of find each other in a way. Um, yeah. I think if, especially if they see you're doing stuff, and if you're, if you see that they're doing stuff, and you, you're both going for a drive. I always had that feeling as well that it's not so hard within this yeah. creative circle mm -hmm. to get in touch with people, because it's usually a small circle anyway of yeah. people that know each other here in Austria. Also, it's the scene. It used to be for a long time very, very familiar, like people knew each other, because yeah. it was always very small and and. You couldn't tell, like, okay, in this city there is this type of style, and in this city there is this type of style. And well, when did you, uh, like, when did the art scene? When did you notice the art scene here? Well, uh, I mean, the art scene. I came, I came in into this whole uh, um, subculture of hip hop in the early '90s. You know, like 
for us growing up in Austria, we listened to to uh, your, well, we watched your MTV raps basically. Yeah, yeah. And listened to records that we somehow found in record stores out here, and and that caught our attention because of the cover artwork or whatever, you know, and mm -hmm. or we saw music videos or whatever, and. I remember very vividly that I, through listening to rap music, it, it, it really, as a young kid, not being able to speak a very good uh, English uh, uh, language at that time, only basic English, this really motivated me to, to learn more about it, you know, and, and I could hear like like the intensity and the stories and, and the authentic, authenticity. Yeah, authenticity. Authenticity. It's a difficult word. Yeah. And... um. So as a teenager, when you're like searching for that one thing that fills your your uh, uh, self-esteem and your your uh, creative outlet mm -hmm. somehow, where you can live out all your creative energies, like at that time, some kids w would go skiing, snowboarding, skating, yeah. and and we would like totally dive into like rapping, DJing, break dancing, and and painting graffiti. Yeah, yeah. And that answers your question, kind of. As this was the the entrance for me into this whole yeah. world of painted things, painted walls, painted trains, painted uh, train tracks, whatever. I was just thinking, if there was, was there like another subculture that was happening? Like, were you guys getting into like uh, hip hop and? Yeah, of course. I mean, stuff? we're in Europe. I mean, it never spoke to me, to be honest. Just aesthetically but i remember in the early early 90s late 80s that also techno became a big mm -hmm. thing here in europe you know and and this this kind of synthesized strong yeah one way before you with, with crazy sounds and and synthesizers and this Euro german techno i don't know it was it was and, and you saw people like with with neon yellow shoes and uh, silver uh, uh, suits and gas masks and yeah. <laughs> blue lights like like a cop light on their head uh, on rollerblades uh, uh dancing in in uh garages wherever you like those those were like the crazy underground parties i in berlin and wherever like people would go nuts on on somehow I, at that time i also realized wow this is like, probably becoming a big thing mm. I was like 10 years at that time, but it was too less of an of an content in that time for me. Like I needed more, like uh, more behind it, you know, like I remember yeah. that. Like that was a subculture that I saw coming and saw blowing up, but it didn't touch me in my soul to be part of it. You know, yeah. I, I respected it and I still do. Do you think techno is the disco of our time? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it, at least. I mean, nowadays probably it's the whole EDM thing. And yeah, EDM is huge in Germany. Of course, in Germany, you know, you had love parades with millions of people. I guess in yeah. Berlin and and all these clubs. Also in Austria at that time would play the big discos. And the weekends would play like a lot of this type of music. Yeah. But there was always a strong, of course, a hardcore scene. Also, like like underground clubs that was more my surrounding my my area where i would hang out it was, was more like like youth centers in the beginning and later mm -hmm. like subculture locations venues and bars and, yeah. and little cafes and stuff where they would have live shows every now and then and, and it began with like local artists like 
little hardcore bands that tried to sound like the bands in their favorite skate videos. Yeah, yeah. That maybe would even start singing in German instead of English. Yeah. Because that I remember that was a really big thing here for for us kids, like to to discover that we can also do what we do mm -hmm. in our own language. Yeah. You know, like like uh, and also in our own styles. Because it's of course sometimes music or a lot of times music is very influenced by where it came from. Yeah. And and so all the kids that listen to metal or or, or punk music or or indie rock or whatever. Yeah. Of course they wanted to sound like their favorite British or uh, uh, American band. Mm -hmm. And what set them apart, and also that was also a big thing for us in the rap scene and the hip hop scene, that in the beginning in the late eighties people would start like trying to sound like their favorite 80s American rappers. Yeah, yeah. In English, in an English where you could hear a lot of time the dialect and mm -hmm. that it was kind of a basic English, so it wasn't that tight and good. Yeah. And so that's why a lot of people couldn't also like affiliate it with it in the beginning and it was super underground. Yeah. But then it became a thing for us, like like people would rap in German and people would sing in German. And, yeah. And I have to be honest, like it's it's taken me a while to get German rap. Yeah, not just German rap, but just German music. In I mean, because as an American, when you hear something in another language, it's not um, English or, yeah. or Spanish or something. And it, I think there's a way you just kind of turn out, you totally tune out the the, the words. Mm. Just the beat. If the beat is cool, you're just jamming out to it. It doesn't matter what they're yeah, the, saying. And the word becomes like an instrument. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. the voice and the intonation. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that, of course, as well. When I listen to music from, from countries where I don't know the, the language. Mm. But English isn't, I mean, for us, of course, you know, that's the unfair part about it. Yeah. Like if you sing in English, mm -hmm. you have like the whole world of a market as a music market. But if you sing in Austrian and German, yeah, yeah. like you only have Austria, Germany, and Switzerland, best case scenario yeah. as markets. Yeah, exactly. People yeah. will not listen to German rap in America. Yeah. I Which is okay. I mean, it's, that's how it is, you know? That's true, yeah. It's a little sad though, like when, especially when I'm when I'm with the wife and stuff, and and I know songs, and they'll come on, and and the it's all in English, you know. But and she knows the song too, you yeah. know. So here we are, we're both jamming out to the song, and we're I'm singing it, and then I'm realizing she's singing it, but like she's not saying the words correctly. So it's kind of like she's just singing the sound of the word, yeah. not the word. Yeah. And and then it kind of hits me like. I don't think this song means as much to you than it does to me, <laughs> yeah. just because like these words are very impactful. Also, if you yeah. knew what they were saying, mm -hmm. and I feel the same also when coming here, and I'm, I hear these German rappers and these these German bands, and I'm or German speaking, yeah, I should say, and I feel like yeah, it's I I like the sound, but I can't get into it as much as you can yeah. get into it if you know the you know, yeah. the, the language very well. Yeah, I know that. That that's a. Uh, sometimes I wish that I could share certain certain feelings for a song with yeah. with friends from other countries mm -hmm. with different languages. I really know that feeling that you're like, man, I wish you could understand this this verse, how, what it means in in Austrian dialect, like yeah. how tight this guy is flowing or doing punchlines. Yeah. Like like one of the rappers I used to work with is called Ko. Like this was. 15 years ago but he was known for like writing lyrics yeah like that were so metaphorical and so uh, uh smart constructed like you could certain lyrics like you could um 
you know, I hear all these crazy rap pattern ideas, like telling a story forwards and backwards, like like uh, Christopher Nolan does in certain movies nowadays. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that, that's how he sometimes constructed his rap songs, where he, like he would go from A B C D, like, and every every sentence would start with a different uh, uh, letter, mm -hmm. like stuff that later I also heard or and in, in English songs, you know, like people being very creative with the wordplay. Mm -hmm. But he did some crazy stuff that I tried to translate sometimes for friends from America, and it didn't work. You know, I was like, ah, oh, man, sad. Yeah, you just can't. You <laughs> it's, don't it's get to, the magic of yeah. it. Yeah, it's also with like slang and, and like mixing that into like uh, yeah, maybe German slang with the storytelling. And I know it with uh, from humor also. Humor yeah. is. I mean, you can probably uh, tell some stories about that, like how you came from America to Austria and your American or your personal humor yeah. that it maybe doesn't even sometimes translate in German. Dude, that's when you, the saddest thing in the right? world. Yeah, you feel like you, people, you, like people you are missing out witty. on your persona. <laughs> it's like you come here feeling you're witty and like, uh, you, yeah, you, you're missing that persona, that that one piece of you that like the people from your hometown, they love, they love you. you because of that. Yeah. And you come here and you're like, okay, maybe I just have to rely on really good smiles. You know, <laughs> what the fuck? But it's, I hit, it hits me the worst when it's like, Uh, movie quotes so and back home I, we would just be talking somebody will say something and it's kind of like something sounds like something from a movie that you know yeah. and it's like an inside joke you know and no inside and, jokes in all yeah you can't just hit that quote in english because they'll just stare at you because they know it from german mm -hmm. they don't know the quote in english it yeah. doesn't make the, it's not the same kind of it's not the quote without no. the without the original um, yeah. tongue you know the original language And man, I, I gave up on that within the first month of living here. You know, I'd be with like Nick and all these people, and we're just talking. And then like they're talking German most of the time, but I'll kind of, you know, my my movie quotes would kind of kick in as weird weird moments, and I'll just say something, and then I instantly re realize that like nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. Everybody's and that was just stairs. a weird line all of a sudden. <laughs> like, why is this guy saying you know this like. Like, alrighty then, or something stupid <laughs> like that, you know? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking Like, Because I, they don't know who you're trying yeah, to you don't know imitate. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I know you that. You have those movies with your friends, you know? It's yeah. Like, every, they know those lines. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. And I know that also with, with uh, humor, like exactly when you s make a funny comment on something and you know at home people react. Yeah. And, and then you do it in a different language and it's like, huh? <laughs> what 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 did you just say <laughs> it doesn't make sense but yeah. yeah i think you 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 just adapt and overcome man you find other ways to i think you have to be in the culture for a little while to kind of understand the rhythm of it you know at least for me it took a while maybe, yeah. maybe for other people it's like it's really quick but for me it took a while to, to sink into it but did people like when you started like living here for for a while like mm -hmm. did they Do they always treat you like, like the guy from America who lives in Vienna, or when you? Because I heard you order food and in, in in German a couple yeah. of minutes ago. Yeah. So yeah. when 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 you do that, they can probably not tell where you're from. Yeah, I, I kind of always try to camouflage myself in public mm -hmm. as as with like by not speaking. You know, like if I tried not to sound too American, you know, yeah. like. And I'm from Texas, dude. Like it's not it's not easy for me to like to be quiet Come. and not like want to talk, you know. Yeah. But I I kind of feel a little ashamed after a while. Like it's it's hard to and it's hard to say that like um did I feel like 
the everybody's treating me as like as an American guy coming here. I never yeah. had that feeling before. I guess because I've always moved a lot as a kid. Yeah. So I think you you just get used to being in a new place and and it taking longer to to meet people that you connect yeah. with. You know. That's a part I think that a lot of people forget when when someone comes from a total different place. What it does socially and and personally, yeah. this whole transition. I mean, you moved here when you were very young. To uh, to Vienna, you mean? Or yeah. What? Well, not well. I moved to Vienna. Because you're from Holland originally. No, right? my my fa- my mom. Fa- oh, like okay, I grew yeah. up in Austria. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I've been traveling to Holland a lot of times in my life as a small kid to Rotterdam. Yeah. And I, like, I never lived there, but I used to be there at least twice a year, at least. In general, or in total, like four to six weeks a year, I would be just there in the summer holidays and with the yeah. Easter and sometimes Christmas. And and I could already tell very early in the early 80s that there is this difference between, for instance, living in Holland mm-hmm. and living in Austria. Mm-hmm. And I saw perspectives of, of society that my friends who only stayed in Austria at that time didn't have yet because yeah. they were too young for traveling. And maybe that also opened up my brain kind of early to... to other cultures mm. and and also brought me closer i think honestly also to this whole influence of hip-hop because rotterdam is very uh, uh diversified city in mm. terms of uh population so it was always very normal there that the population was asian african dutch or caribbean dutch you know because holland used to be a uh, uh, imperialistic country way back with colonies and and doing crazy bad shit around the world like colonizing islands and places okay like a lot of other nations and and the dutch besides the british and and the 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 spanish Mm. and belgian countries in europe were one of those and they had for instance colonies in in indonesia and so you have a lot of why i'm telling this is because of course centuries later you have all these people that can travel easier then you know if you're from indonesia from certain like suriname from mm-hmm. places where, which used to be dutch of course you can also easier travel to holland then yeah and and so this ended up that a lot of people in the 50s or 60s were migrating to holland from old colonies like in england how do you know so much about did you study this stuff no i didn't stuff study that at all i mean this is kind of it's in your dna it's like it's in no it's interesting you know like it, of course it's interesting you're like you you start asking yourself as a kid like why do they sell indonesian food in holland and not in austria yeah, yeah. why do i see so many black people here in holland why don't i see barely black people in austria yeah. like you realize on a very early phase as a kid already that there is like uh, uh, visual uh, uh, differences and 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 food wise also you know of yeah. course and and that i mean my family is very multicultural i have an uncle from morocco and my mom's like i said from holland my mm-hmm. dad's from austria it's very mixed and racism was never like a, a an issue in our family luckily yeah. it was always a very open-minded uh, family where it was never a question always very normal that that we are all the same people you know yeah and uh but I liked that about Holland, this multicultural society that I saw there. Mm-hmm. And I saw stores that I didn't see in Austria at that time yet because they had record stores where they would sell soul and funk and, and hip-hop records. Yeah. Whereas in Austria, you would see like record stores where they would sell mainly rock pop, mm-hmm. a little bit soul, a little yeah. bit of... A lot of classic music and a little bit of maybe secondhand rap music or new releases, Public Enemy, Ice-T, all that stuff. 
but it wasn't like as as visually present as compared to to Holland at that time. Yeah. And so I I really liked that, yeah. And and saw my first tags and graffitis that inspired me like was in Holland because yeah. in the small town I grew up here in Austria because I'm was, not from Vienna. Who was hitting Holland at the time? Like what kind of names? Were <sighs> that that was from? like I remember there was this guy uh uh Psycho Okay. But not with P S Y. He was he would write it like like the the watches, but with a C. Okay. S E I C O Psycho, and this guy Time, who is still active actually in Rotterdam. Right. And and okay. Search, I remember S U R C H, and and this guy he was I mean weird name to pick, but he he wrote Penis. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, you what? Won't forget it. Yeah. Uh, well, he had a really nice uh, uh, tag because he would like uh, defragmentate his tag. He would write a P, mm -hmm. and then the the well, that, no, that will be very complicated to explain because I I don't know certain words in English. How you, how do you know that that mark is gleich? Uh, equals. equals equals sign. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's yeah the equal sign. Yeah. So. He would write a P, then the equal sign and the S. Yeah. And because the equal sign in in Dutch is like N. N. So that would spell his name penis. <laughs> kind of. I don't know if that translated. If this would be a video podcast, I would show you a picture of his tag. Well, it will be. It will be. A that video. made the tag very funny, actually, the name, yeah. because the way how he wrote it was different and. Maybe that was way too complicated for everybody listening. <laughs> everybody had to use their. Yeah, I don't even know what we talk about this guy now, right? That long because you <laughs> you were asking me about names in Rotterdam that that, <laughs> that were up. Yeah, I mean all these guys that I was just mentioning, Psycho, Search, and also Penis, mm -hmm. they still paint. That's the funny thing. I think they all had comebacks in the last two years. Like in nice. time, I think time never stopped. That old school guy from there, yeah. but all these other guys like. Uh, uh, through Instagram, I see them getting up again. And when I was in Rotterdam last year, I saw some of the tags again and, and pieces. It was really like making me smile because yeah, these yeah. were names that I've seen in the late 80s, early 90s. And nice. I brought these things back to Austria, these inspirations of seeing this and wanting our own walls mm. to be painted and tagged as well. Like, yeah. When did these, uh, these uh, legal walls come up? I, I heard. Like twenty twenty five years ago or so. Like yeah, I, I think it was a little bit different in in every city. Like in in Steyr, where we grew up, it was a small town, small city. We would um, start painting in abandoned buildings. Mm -hmm. Me and Shu. Yeah. We would just paint in abandoned buildings, and after a while, we I, I think people saw us, and like like people took pictures of it. It was really like kind of bad pieces, beginner's pieces, but the fact alone that there was graffiti in that little city mm -hmm. like spread like rumors around like, oh, if you've seen there is some graffiti now there and people would come through, skaters would come through and take pictures. And and long story short, we got like uh, booked for one of those city fests, you know, like like a fair, not a fair, but more like a once a year annual city 
where they had like they celebration where they would like they on the like main square and, like, they have you know, snacks exactly they have, like, and little games that kids it, can play exactly kids can play it's like a gathering of the inhabitants yeah yeah and usually a, a reason why people get really drunk also of course at these parties you know yeah yeah but was it like just one street or was it like an no actual, it's in like, the town square ground? in the city square kind yeah, of okay. in the city center okay okay and um the bars have all open and restaurants mm -hmm. and they have outside gardens it's usually in the summertime i have to say i love that here i love that it's beautiful yeah <laughs> austria i know you guys in america have Europe. county fairs kind yeah, of yeah we have county fairs yeah with with spinning wheels and ferry <laughs> wheels and all that sh shit yeah yeah like but it's different because i've been at county fairs myself in america and it's not really comparable to our stadtfest city yeah. fest yeah it's not the same because it, it turns the whole city for one night into a, a, a big party mm -hmm. zone And as kids or young kids, young young teenagers, we really liked this a lot, of course. Yeah. And once we got invited, that was the funny part. That's why I'm telling this is after one year of painting very naive graffiti without mentors. We were the first generation in our town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like there was no mentors ahead yeah. or above us. Yeah, yeah. We were basically covering s new ground. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we had all these walls and all these areas for us. And... Our our there was no internet, so our graffiti wasn't really in, inspired by a lot yet. Mm -hmm. Only by the stuff we saw in graffiti magazines every now and then, or in the music video, yeah. or through traveling. And the guy from the city who organized this festival asked me and Shu and a third guy who started with us if we were interested in painting uh, officially a wall on a stage, like a showcase, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and we were like, well, I mean, what's yeah what's the deal kind of and i think we all got at that time paid like 50 or 100 euros mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. i think 50 more is more realistic that each of us got and they we could paint by paint and that was the key point why we did it yeah because we said uh we want uh yeah we need paint for this and they made like a big wall for us out of, of wood planks that they would like uh, put put uh white paint on yeah it was it looked like a, a eight meter long wall on a pod podium nice and that's all you need yeah and they gave us money to buy paint and yeah. that's what we did like we we bought a lot of paint you know mm. way more than we really needed actually yeah. and that sponsored the walls for the next months <laughs> maybe even year Was for it, us was it named was it just named just no we could to... actually do what we want but i think they suggested as far as i remember to write the city name okay but we yeah. were all like especially myself and shu we were really into style writing like we were not really like illustrators and we were not photorealistic yeah. perspective uh artists mm -hmm. we were just painting very rough graffiti Yeah. like styles with a lot of arrows <laughs> and colors <laughs> and, and stars and drips and uh, uh, double and triple outlines and yeah, uh, exactly. super colorful backgrounds, but still on a very simple, like, I, I don't want to call it toy style, mm -hmm. but it was, honestly, it was kind of a toy style. It was a very naive style, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we already, we had the heart. <laughs> you yeah, know? We had the heart for it. And so they, they, I remember that so good because all of a sudden, like we, we could do our thing, and we got acknowledged for it. We got paint for it. We got money for it. We were in the newspaper, in the regional newspaper, and we got free drinks that night. And it felt really good. And we were like, "Wow, this is, uh, I could get used to this feeling," you know, like. Yeah, yeah. And none of us started uh, like a career living of painting. 
but we all ended up somehow in 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 art yeah it's in culture yeah for yeah. me like was the hip-hop scene mm -hmm. and of course we all paint legal jobs every now and then yeah some of us more some of us less but we all did that and earned some some money of course with graffiti but it didn't become a job but it made us realize at that time okay there is interest for this in general for this visual aspect yeah. that wasn't part of our city at that time there was no painted walls mm -hmm. and so we started painting walls and stuff <laughs> not only walls man i mean we 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 just added colors and brought people and met people from other cities and invited them to our sp spots and mm -hmm. and through this also the city as they already booked us for this one event they also legalized a a, f a famous uh, underpassing which led to our school Oh, cool. So we, could, we, which was connecting a shopping center with a bus station, yeah. a parking lot, and our school. Mm -hmm. So that was like a crossing of two underpassings nice. in the city center, and they legalized that. And that was really cool. That was for our city. Mm -hmm. Those underpassings are still legal. And in Vienna, it was different because you had a big wall at the Donau Canal where the flex is, mm -hmm. and I think that was one of the first legal walls of Austria, the early '90s. Only the flex wall. And that wall is also the origin of why the Donau Canal is painted. Oh, right. Because in the beginning, it was very reglamented mm -hmm. from this uh, uh, pillar to this pillar. Yeah. This is the wall that goes in, right? Yeah, like exactly. That was the first legal wall. When I was in right. Vienna as a young kid or as a teenager, like mm -hmm. we always would, it's like it was, it was like a pilgrimage. Yeah. We would go there, take pictures of every single piece, study the styles, study the characters, study the techniques. It was also a hall of fame. So, I mean, you could also sometimes see pieces from German writers. Nice. Or Just on that one spot. Like, for. It's not one. I mean, it's like. It's space for at least, let's say, yeah. eight pieces. Yeah, it's, it's a big space, but I yeah. mean, compared to the whole canal. No, compared no, to the whole canal. Even, is, even when I yeah. moved to Vienna 15 years ago, it was still like this kind of. Wow. That it was just there and a little bit left and a little bit right. Yeah, I painted there a few times. I call it the piss wall. It, it smells is. Like it smells horrible. So uh, it's horrible. And now. you have the pigeon shin on you. Yeah. <laughs> but the wall actually is really nice, man. Yeah. It's a, it's an, I, it's I can't a, believe it's been how many years? This, no, this is the oldest wall of Austria, I think. I, there, is even, there is even footage of um, Phase 2 from New York and mm -hmm. Delta. What? The OG style writers Painting from New York. Painting this wall painted there and they were in vienna in the 80s can you imagine how much paint is on that fucking wall yeah <laughs> you think they ever like scraped some of it off it's got to be like super thick i don't know that's, that's no i mean of course yeah uh, for me it's still fun. amazing to walk through and buy and see that the wall is still painted yeah. and then you have in every direction on both sides of the channel now miles and miles of graffiti yeah and I, level above level i have to say i have a newfound respect for that wall now yeah knowing that i mean because like, i just thought it was a piss wall the donau canal was never officially legalized you know yeah it was yeah. just this sector and then it spread out to the left and it spread out to the right and now it's everywhere and, and piece by piece it got kind of conquered yeah <laughs> and yeah. people got used to it more and more and nowadays it's so painted you know and yeah. so it's like the longest open open air gallery, if you want. Although it's not a gallery, of course. Yeah. It's just a, a, a 
a surface where people can do what they want and it's a gallery man it's but you cool. see how it goes nowadays that's always yeah. what happens like the 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 artists come and and they they uh, uh conquer their spaces yeah then the people start liking it and people uh create little spaces with s seating and sh selling beer and then yeah. comes a little restaurant and another restaurant because that's what i realized this year and i don't really like that uh, uh um so much to be honest that i see that every every year this increasing of of uh gentrification yes i was thinking the same of thing donor of this danube channel yeah and there is more and more bars restaurants and hangout spots mm -hmm. uh, officially uh, opening yeah which also means that all these walls uh are not easy to access no more because yeah. there's now bars before them mm -hmm. and and labels and yeah. and sponsors and mm -hmm. uh, name shields from the bar the and you have seatings and and all these tables and stools and and i'm like man i mean it looks nice for your bar now as a decoration that the whole mm -hmm. wall in the back is painted yeah but we can't paint that wall anymore now exactly that's happening more and more now. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that, they're also taking a big risk that their shit is going to get like hit there all the time. I mean, you can't take the, I mean, yeah, it's just getting constantly bombed all the time. There's two aspects that I'm still loving about it, that we are still in Vienna and not in, in other cities. Mm -hmm. um, it's still a city run by a Social Democratic Party and the Green Party. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's more like a liberal mind state here, I would say. Mm -hmm not so authoritarian, not right-wing-ish, not too conservative as yeah. in other cities in the world. And that helps because if the right-wing party would, in, would be in power, I, I swear there would already be cameras everywhere. Because yeah, nobody so far like a, approached that and I'm lucky. Like I, I'm happy about that. Because yeah. it leaves this Danube channel some freedom, yeah. kind of, mm -hmm. some... some piece of your mind where you don't have the feeling that you're being watched yeah it's more like still a free space mm -hmm. and I, f I think you feel that yeah when you walk your dog there or you mm -hmm. walk and you take a walk with your friends or hang out and drink some beer at the water mm -hmm. you feel that it's a free zone yeah and it has a free spirit and the more bars are coming and the more police is patrolling the more it feels like you're in a boulevard mm -hmm. in the middle of a city yeah, that's yeah. more controlled and commercialized mm -hmm. and it's only a, s a question of time that some probably right-wing politicians will start campaigning we have to uh, make the danube channel safe again yeah, yeah. so we suggest security cameras everywhere and mm -hmm. we suggest this and that and alcohol uh not allowed to bring your own alcohol anymore yeah, and yeah you're only allowed to drink it in the bars there. You know, like how it sometimes goes. And it's I'm crazy as they could tell you. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I'm super happy, sorry, that, that, that it's not that far yeah. yet, that yeah. we're not at that point yet. It's still fucking wild. Yeah, I actually, I didn't know that it was so free. I mean, I, I think I'm just always automatically assuming I'm, I'm being watched or there's a camera somewhere or no. some, there's something there, you know? No, it's still like free. And, and it's yeah. still a little bit of a... Of a, a um, there is areas that are legalized. Mm -hmm. By Wiener Wand, like yeah. this institution in Vienna that organized some some legal walls, but in between you have a lot of space painted, which is officially not legal. Yeah, and as as it has been painted so many times nowadays, you can trust nine out of ten times when the police come by, and nothing happens. Yeah, because they don't know exactly yeah. where it begins and where it stops. Yeah, yeah, they just know. 
case another yeah, but spraying like I said, also this will probably within the next one or two years become a topic of one politician who says we have to clean up this whole mess. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's every city has to decide this for for itself, like how they want to cope with this. I've yeah. seen Rotterdam uh, fighting against graffiti in the early 2000s really mm -hmm. hard, mm -hmm. like cleaning every sticker, yeah. taking off every wheat paste, mm -hmm. buffing every wall, like really trying a zero tolerance politic on on street art mm -hmm. and it ended up or actually on graffiti first yeah and then emerged mm -hmm. of course some more harmless street art mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people doing more funny characters yeah and, and not so much names and yeah exactly like the lust plug collective shout outs to these guys they're mm -hmm. really good friends of mine they really stepped into that whole that left was left after the whole graffiti graffiti got buffed mm -hmm. Uh, they started painting like like uh, construction site walls, you know, like like wood planks that that uh, yeah. kind of are, are built around construction the, sites. The yeah, sometimes the, the very downtown, of course, and yeah. and they found this loophole where you could just ca actually paint these as long as you ask the guys from the construction site. You were like, okay. "Hey, is this your wall?" And they were like, "Yeah, don't, whatever." Mm. Can we paint on the outside? Yeah. And they were like, well, it's only temporarily. They will probably, we take it probably off two in two weeks. And they were yeah. like, yeah, fine, man. Awesome. And they would just paint. And yeah. then they didn't paint typical names. Yeah. But they would start characters and mm. little sceneries. And each of them had like his own icon kind of, of visual thing. And and so that was also an interesting development in Rotterdam to see. And but I mean, also now when I come back, I see that also the, the graph scene is back again and they had to stop the whole zero tolerance buffing because it's too expensive and it didn't work. You know, like yeah. although they put up cameras everywhere, it still gets tagged and it still gets stickered up and, and people still do art and paint. And that showed me like that it's better probably as a, if a city stays in, in contact with that scene mm -hmm. and is a little bit maybe even more supportive then fighting it yeah because yeah. then then you 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 reach a, a better vibrant atmosphere and you can see that's what happened to be able to have this freedom with the, all these legal walls mm -hmm. it takes a cooperation of like the artist and mm -hmm. to make that happen if everybody was just bombing shit i'm sure the city would be like you know fuck you guys <laughs> stop this shit mm -hmm. We don't want this at all. When you have other, you know, the artists saying like, I want to do this stuff or some cool shit here and not super crazy. I don't, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, it takes the, the artists like that make it okay for the city, you know? I mean, when you're, when you're just doing good shit mm -hmm. and, you know, not just doing good shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I got lost there for a second. No, I know, what but, you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, man. It's a, uh, it says a lot about the artists here, I think, and, and yeah. how it made the scene what it is now. Yeah, nowadays it's way more. Like there's way more people now here, and 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 people from all over the place. Yeah, it's for me. I lost like the the feeling at one point for knowing all the people. Uh, at, there was a time, you know, when you as the scene was so small, mm -hmm. and even if we would from other cities, as as we were growing up in other cities, when we moved to Vienna, yeah, after a while you start knowing everybody, you know, and some some people we even knew already from before, and and there was this point where you like where you almost know every single person painting for instance yeah. like on the streets but now it's very different because there is a lot of students and, and people from germany living in vienna 
and also from other countries, from Eastern European countries or from America, yeah. like yourself. And, and so I see names now on the walls where I'm sometimes like, oh, I've never seen this. Or, oh, this, I keep seeing this. Who is this? Like, yeah. But I like the fact also that I don't know everybody because yeah. it also this mis mysterious uh, aura that you get from art when you see it without knowing who it who's behind it. it. Yeah. I actually prefer that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, of course. To knowing who it is, because it takes away all the mystery. Exactly, and also it gets a little repetitive. I think it's like if you see, you know, that person's style so much. Yeah, it's like after you've seen it so much, you kind of don't see it anymore. Yeah. You just know, you see the like, you see the shape of it, and you're like, yeah, of course, it's yeah. it, it's it has to be here because he's kinda, from here, white or she's yeah. from here. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so sometimes it takes different things to kind of just snap you out of that yeah. and then you start seeing after a while i think these, these influences kind of mix into the yeah. culture now with all the other pieces and yeah. it's like it's like a big melting pot of different styles yeah. it just keeps mixing and mixing and then new shit new ingredient here more people coming in doing that it's really cool to see i mean because you're just right there in the middle of europe dude like yeah mm. croatia there italy germany you know mm. switzerland it's all they all coming in dude brock bratislava yeah, yeah. thank you <laughs> my yeah. geography sucks no but i mean they all <laughs> come here you know like yeah, that, that's course, the thing yeah. like i've seen because because lately i've seen a lot of, of piecing in vienna from artists from 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 czech republic or slovakia or slovenia mm -hmm. Like also on the on the freeway, the autobahn, on the yeah. on the uh, sidewalls, yeah, like yeah. pieces keep popping up, and you're like, damn, like this is not nobody from Austria painted this. This must be the yeah. guys from 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 Bratislava or from Budapest. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that's 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 true. We're in the downtown Europe, if you want, yeah, exactly. like in the heart of Europe, and so we have all these influences. But you know, like like sometimes I miss also in Vienna and and. I say this without, like, I don't want to uh, 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 spread negative energy, you know, man, or diss anyone, out, or I don't know, I don't know, I don't even want to diss no one yeah. or nobody, but I just sometimes miss this um, this aspect that that somebody is doing something really out of the box. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a lot of the stuff I see mm -hmm. is reminds me of stuff that I have seen, yeah. you know, and I mean. I, Honestly, probably you could even say that about my pieces, you know, because my my style, which is a very traditional graffiti style, mm -hmm. also is heavily influenced, of course, by the basic New York old school styles, because that's what we loved seeing as as young kids. Yeah, that's for me still like the 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 blueprint of yeah what I love. Thing. Even if I look at other pieces, like the pieces that catch my attention are a lot of times the ones that keep certain elements of of a very fundamental uh, uh, style theory yeah talking about people like dondi or mm -hmm. phase two mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. a, a lot of stuff which is even considered uh, uh, innovative nowadays if you look at, at early 70s mid 70s late 70s stuff has already been painted kind of once yeah maybe in a naiver way mm -hmm. not with the the technical uh, abilities compared to nowadays with all yeah. the stuff that we have but but the idea was there a lot of times already. Also, names have been there a lot of times. Yeah. And and coming back to what I said about what I sometimes don't like about Vienna, you know, I, I hated to walk through the city and see names that people paint of kings, of people that have already uh, invested 20 years of their life, or 15 years in, of their life in, in establishing a name. Mm -hmm. And then you are here, uh, not only in Vienna, but also yeah. in other cities yeah, in yeah. Europe, you have that. That people pick names that you know are already existing. Okay. Yeah, without yeah. because they don't know. 
yeah, it, yeah exactly. Because yeah. a lot of times it's not even done with a bad purpose that yeah. they want to take away someone's you name. You're like, this is cool. You yeah, know, so like a kid, cool a kid probably likes to smoke haze, purple yeah. haze, whatever. So he calls himself haze <laughs> or, or haze. But I mean, you have to know that there is a haze, you know, yeah, there yeah. is a haze from New York City, which is a very important figure. Yeah. Uh, um, so that name is gone. And, and the yeah. same with a lot of other names, you know. Yeah. And as much as I, I like the quantity of the name King, and of course I get it because yeah. you have in Vienna now this guy who calls himself King. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and yeah, th I get it. It's fun to yeah. be up a lot and call yourself King yeah. and show the toys that you're a King <laughs> compared to them. Yeah. But still, like, you can't call yourself King if you know there is this guy, King That's 157 yeah. in California, who is still painting a lot of freights, yeah. who is a freight King mm -hmm. and who paints beautiful styles with the name king yeah then you have in the early 70s the new york king too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who painted super funky stuff that could still uh, literally work nowadays on trains if you would see it yeah people would still like that Shit. and he did it in the early 70s mm -hmm. he, he wrote king too and uh i think a lot of people that paint these type of names here they yeah. don't know these type of things yeah and i don't like that you, you, we need to make a database, dude. Yeah. Like you go in and like, I want to call myself, I don't know, Viper yeah, no, Dick yeah, or some I mean, You type in Viper Dick. There is a data, like, uh, the earliest database I know of is in the book called Faith of Graffiti, which okay. is actually from the early 70s. I think it's one of the first publications dedicated to early graffiti. Really? By, by um, John Narr, I think, is the photographer. Okay. I think it's John Narr and, and ah, fuck, I forgot the other guy's name, but the book is called The Faith of Graffiti. All right. It's really good. It's like an early documentation, you know? Mm -hmm. And the book starts with a fucking A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, A, like all the names at that time that he saw. Yeah. And he knew of, he would write them down. Yes. Like Clint Cliff, uh, uh, Blades. Curtis. Yeah, yeah, all <laughs> these names, you know? And, and I liked that idea already at that, in that book now when I saw it recently. I was like, damn, this guy already did that. Yeah. And and I think that's a yeah. Of course, it would be fun to have a database, but nowadays the database is Instagram. You know, you yeah, just if you want to pick a new name, just hashtag that name on, yeah. on Instagram and there. take a look what's going on. That's and probably there is the the most random word you can come up mm -hmm. with. Somebody already painted trains with this name. Yeah. And and I think that's the the first step here. And in general, if you do this, like take a new name, bring something new to the table. Yeah, exactly. And and if if you realize there is somebody already painting that name who puts in more energy, yeah. change yours. Like yeah. switch it up. Exactly. Yeah, you, you don't like don't you don't get stuck to one thing and realize that you're maybe doing a toy move, whatever. Yeah, like, man. Turn around. Turn around. Turn that bus around. Yeah. Another name. Yeah. yeah. So that's that, it's with anything, dude. If I came up with like when coming up for the name for this podcast, for example, you have to fucking do research for Yes. It. You think of a name, you think it's fucking clever as shit and like, oh man. Yeah. That's it. That's I'm fucking I'm whispering, I'm, I'm messaging people, I think I got the name, you know, yeah. shit like that, and then, yeah, and then you find out somebody's got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that easy to find out if the name's already has some kind of ground already. Exactly. You know, just for anything. That's a good tip for anything. If you're going to name your, your... Whatever, yeah. Anything. Like, you, don't, you don't like say, oh, let's, let's make a little rap crew, how should we call ourselves? I don't yeah. know. Let's call ourselves public enemy. <laughs> you, you can't do that, you know. You cannot yeah. call yourself public enemy. Yeah, exactly. And you cannot call yourself uh, Dondi. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. shouldn't call yourself Hayes. <laughs> and you shouldn't call yourself uh, Lumit. Yeah. And yeah. you shouldn't call yourself Fact. Shout out to Lumit. Shout out to Shu. 
<laughs> you shouldn't. Yeah, just take take your own names. Jump off of that. When do you think the first walls have been painted? Yeah, when when was like <laughs> when did graffiti like actually? I think I think we kind of uh, started with probably also in caves in in uh, Africa. Yeah, and in uh, or Australia with the Aborigine people. I know that they were the ones that at that time also the cavemen and women that they would chew up a certain flowers and and like organic materials that mm -hmm. would uh create some sort of paint mixed with their uh, uh saliva yeah saliva yeah and then they there is these famous caves where they put their their hands on the wall and then they spit on the hands and created uh, yeah. kind of the first stencil ah nice through that mm -hmm. and those are still around yeah and and date back many thousands of years ago mm -hmm. so so i think like of, that people always had a an urge somehow to leave back certain yeah. marks the banksy sapiens yeah whatever like this guy kieselak you heard about him yeah, right yeah i heard like austrian you have to yeah you have to tell the story about this yeah, guy. I know story and the story is easy to search up the guy's called kieselak k y s e l a k yeah. kieselak came in austria Oh, he lived here around 1815, 1820. Mm -hmm. And in Vienna, when Vienna was still a, a monarchy, mm -hmm. and he loved uh, exploring and wandering around. He worked here in Vienna, but he, in his free time, he loved to, to wander. He, he climbed mountains, and he was in love with ruins, yeah. old, old castles. Mm -hmm. And he would just, with his dog, he would just take long, long, weekly long uh, wanderings and exploring. And wherever he went, he brought a, a chisel mm -hmm. and a hammer and some oil paint. And like he would go into ruins, sleep there, uh, uh, write his diary about it. Uh, uh, just he was into history. And also in, into exploring the country and the mountains. He was like an alpine pioneer also. He would climb up mountains that were not so easy to climb and oh, okay. climb into caves and stuff like that. Crazy. And at that time, and that's the interesting part about it, he would always carve his name at the places where he went. Really? Like he would carve his name into old ruins. He would cave, carve his name uh, into rocks on his way besides on the w on the way in the woods somewhere mm -hmm. or when he would climb up a, a, a mountain uh, and sleep up there somewhere and he would dis explore caves by himself you know and with a little torchlight or whatever yeah. and he would like walk in there and, and somewhere with within this cave he would chisel his name Kiselak and mm -hmm. the date usually mm -hmm. 1820 or 1819 or whatever yeah. and these things are still around. Like that's really? the thing. Yeah, they're still even in Vienna. There is at this one park here, there is a, a famous uh, Kiselak in one of those stone obelisk really? monuments. Yeah, yeah. And also in Dürnstein, which is in Wachau, in the winery area, one hour outside of Vienna, there is this old ruin where there's also an original Kiselak. Crazy, dude! I didn't know. That. More than so... two hundred years old, or or about two hundred years old. Yeah, you know, actually hearing that story the first few times, it kind of sounded like a folklore, like a like a like. A no, there is a folklore like a part about the story because the folklore part about the story, which is an an, an urban myth, is that the emperor at that time mm -hmm. uh, got 
notice that some guy is writing his name everywhere mm -hmm. and that of course because it wasn't his alter ego he wrote his real name ah, okay he was called Josef Kiselak okay. and he he worked in Vienna so it wasn't so hard they to just, they found him on Facebook and well they, yeah they <laughs> they found him and they uh he they uh, he had an appointment at, at with the uh emperor yeah and the urban legend the myth is that uh he went into the emperor's uh um not office but like hall where he had this yeah appointment mm -hmm. and there was a desk where the emperor was sitting and the emperor was like hey joseph kiselak why are you doing this mm -hmm. you're like everybody is asking me who is kiselak who is kiselak because your your name is written all over the empire mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to stop this <laughs> you have to stop writing your name everywhere and I think he had to make a promise that he stops doing this. Yeah. And the urban legend is when he left that there was a Kiselak uh, uh, scratched into the desk of the <laughs> emperor. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. That, that That's kind of the folklore part, yeah. which is not 100% known if it's really happened or yeah. not. But it really happened that he left his mark. Hmm. And I think that's funny because it it's pretty much already the same idea that the writers later had like writing your name he didn't write Taki 183 yeah, he wrote yeah. he's like yeah, yeah. 1823 yeah. <laughs> and and that's that was in Austria the the, the most uh, not urban yeah. <laughs> surrounding you can imagine so yeah that urge is in us to leave marks it's it's in me as well i think in your you you have stickers you know like yeah yeah of course it's, it's fun to, to, to leave, yeah leave something behind or at least to find your way home if you're too drunk yeah <laughs> I, I love the fact you know nowadays with instagram and all this that when you leave a mark somewhere let it be a backstage room of a venue where i dj'd yeah, or yeah. uh somewhere in a side street of Bangkok where mm -hmm. I was on holiday. Yeah, yeah. You put up a sticker or whatever. Mm -hmm. exactly. And you don't know what's what's happening, you know, and, and the funniest things can happen. Like yeah. like it happened to me just some years ago. I was with my girlfriend in Southeast Asia and we took a night train to the south from Bangkok to the south of Thailand. And I um had stickers from my radio show in my bag, coincidentally, mm -hmm. tribe vibe stickers. Mm -hmm. And you know, I mean Thailand is big. Of course, there's a lot of tourists there in yeah. the in the main season, and uh, from all over the world. But still, it's a big country, a big city, Bangkok, a lot of trains. Mm -hmm. So whatever. Like I was sitting in one of those sleeper cars with my girlfriend, and I put a little tribe vibes sticker down. Was you know in these sleeping wagons where you can have the beds on the walls, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And you can like lift them down, mm -hmm. and and then. You can lay on them. Yeah, you can And so there. I put a little sticker there saying Tribe Vibes. Mm -hmm. And when we were waking up in the morning, we would do it back, you know, yeah. like like make the bed again. Yeah. You and you, you wouldn't see it. it. Yeah, yeah. So the idea was for me, I, was, I thought maybe one day someone takes down the bed and sleeps there and, and it makes her or him smile yeah. to see maybe a familiar sticker, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, honestly, I thought it's probably not happening because... Probably after a while, somebody from the cleaning yeah, service will will peel it off. It was yeah. just a, a regular sticker. Yeah, you know how it goes. I didn't really think too much about it, honestly. Like mm -hmm. I just put the sticker there, and I thought we'll see. And honestly, two weeks or three weeks later, I think right when we came home mm -hmm. to Austria, or maybe a month later, somebody sends a sticker, a picture on on Instagram of the sticker, of the sticker, and it's <laughs> on the bed. It's a girl from who I didn't know. Okay. She was on holiday there. Uh -huh. 
and also traveling through Thailand. And she was from Austria, and she knew the radio station and mm-hmm. the show. And for her, it was the, the most trippiest thing yeah. to, to be on the other side of the world and to book a sleeping car yeah. and to take down your bed. And the first thing you see is a familiar name and a familiar uh, radio station. Yeah, yeah. And so she posted this and tagged me within and was really, really happy about it. And that's the little things that I like mm-hmm. most, honestly. Yeah. Like those little interactions mm-hmm. with strangers yeah. that happen. Yeah. It's it's funny who sees it, and I always wonder. I mean, every time I put a sticker or something, a tag there or something, whatever, I always wonder who's going to see it, and if they know me or if mm. they, I don't know, if it, if they even look at it. If you, really, I mean, cause sometimes you just see so much yeah. on the streets, you don't really focus on one sticker or one tag. You have to be looking for it, and or it has to be in your face yeah. somehow. Yeah, and but then, that's the art behind it to find these spots. Yeah. That gain your attention. Yeah, exactly. Because that's that's I think the real uh, um, skill, the real skill, painting and and leaving art outside or whatever marks. Yeah. Is is to find the spots mm-hmm. and the tools. Yeah. Like the art. I mean, for me, I I love using markers that don't fade away. Mm-hmm. At spots that don't cause crazy attention but are very in your face somehow. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense. Like just so, things just around the corner. Like yeah, like stuff that's already the there, you know, like, there, like, yeah. like, like, you know, in every city and in every place you have this, you have like these spaces, these spots mm-hmm. that uh, they look like a piece of history. Yeah. Like you see, it's like this rusty little uh, uh, canal, uh, a door mm-hmm. <laughs> leading into a little canal or whatever which is rusty and there is a tag on it that says uh, a name from a guy who stopped painting 20 years ago. Yeah. And besides that is another name and besides that is a newer name and another name. And what it says to me when I see these spaces is like, this is lasting. Yeah. Like this lasts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a spot that's a blind spot kind of. Yeah, yeah. And I love getting up on those spots. Yeah, yeah. Like writing my name there because it has like a couple of positive side effects. Like one side effect is that that it's like a collage, it adds up, mm-hmm. what, which I like because it tells the history of a city. Mm-hmm. And also, it still allows a lot of times to shine. Mm-hmm. If you find that one spot on that surface yeah. that outshines, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. or if you use that one marker that pops more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's one nice aspect. Mm-hmm. And also to, to not cause too much attention, you know, it's yeah. a lot of times you can you can do this without any reaction in a negative way mm-hmm. like nobody will even notice yeah yeah nobody oh. literally only the people that look for it will notice yeah. nobody else will will be disturbed by it yeah yeah because yeah. it's been painted for 20 years anyway yeah exactly. so it makes no difference if there is one more name on it yeah or two yeah but this is like the, i love finding these type of surfaces in cities not not actively searching for them i just have an eye for them and i, I just like walking through cities seeing these these little spots and 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 adding yeah yeah yeah, man. Adding with an adding. <laughs> adding with an adding. Or with something else. I don't know. Like, this is just... I, 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 I also take pictures usually of, of old stuff, old names I find, like, mm-hmm. like of, of history. Mm-hmm. Of course, I also like new styles, and I, I take sometimes a picture of a new tag if, if it looks inspiring to me yeah. or worth taking a picture of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love, like, going through cities, finding these hidden 
hidden tags of people that are maybe even gone already. Yeah. And and like in New York, you have one of those like a, a good example for gentrification, a bad example, or a good example. I don't know. Wanna, don't want to judge it. Is this Highline in Manhattan? Mm-hmm. It used to be just a, a, a industrial area yeah. with a lot of bars and and prostitution red red light scene mm-hmm. in the 80s i guess yeah. like long before <laughs> i was in new york for the first time i only saw it as a gentrified version mm-hmm. with the highline yeah and i know from from old magazines and books that this area used to be a hangout spot for a lot of graffiti writers in the 90s and they would like hang out on these uh, abandoned train tracks in in abandoned backside buildings mm-hmm leave little throw-ups, tags, messages on the brick buildings. And then came this whole gentrification thing and they whole like remodeled the whole area into an urban hangout zone, which is super crowded now by tourists. But w- what I loved about walking there is if you have the eye for it, mm-hmm. you see the history of that area, like what it used to be. Yeah. Like I saw old Sacer tags from Iraq crew, that guy mm-hmm. uh, who... who died some years ago you could see his marks still there and of a lot of other old new york writers and and yeah all the tourists take the pictures of of the newest uh monument there Mm -hmm. i take the pictures of the rusty uh steel bar (laughs) that has the little white out sacer tag on it that's what's inspiring me to see it you know or or old hand styles from New York guys or Stay mm-hmm. High 149. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I remember I was walking once through Queens and this guy passed away, rest in peace, Stay Stay High 149, the guy who painted the, the tag with the saint. Mm-hmm. Like he had a very, very uh, uh, important hand style for graffiti. Yeah. And he was a very early pioneer who painted trains in a time when train piecing wasn't common at all. Mm-hmm. And I walked, He's he's dead now. And some years ago, I walked by one of his tags, and it felt to me like pff, walking by a, a a Rembrandt, you know, like some yeah, yeah. some original uh, crazy yeah, yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same happened with with uh, Dondi. Mm-hmm. Last time I was in New York, I yeah. walked by a buffed Dondi tag that wasn't buffed. Like oh, you could see, you could still see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I took a picture of it. I was like, man, this is crazy. Like. N- 99 out of 100 people walk by it. They don't mm-hmm. recognize it. Yeah. And one person probably hates it. Mm-hmm. And I'm that one person that takes a selfie with it. Yeah, yeah. Or just takes a picture of it because it tells a story to me. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it shaped my, my way of looking at the world, to be honest, like mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. This whole uh, many decades... Uh, in inside this this graffiti world somehow yeah following it doing it mm-hmm. connecting with people observing it did you look up your name before you on instagram before you before you picked it mm. <laughs> or did you already <laughs> there was no instagram back then just no there was no instagram i would have probably not picked the name fact honestly nowadays like i'm, I'm glad that i picked it at a time without thinking too much because it's such a weird name yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not getting picked name. no but it's it's not getting picked because it yeah. it has not really a meaning fact yeah. with ph yeah. Yeah, like yeah. it's written p-h-e-k-t yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so it it doesn't ring a bell in no one's head mm-hmm. it says nothing mm-hmm. it, it's not funny it's not uh it, it's it's not like mr blah 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 or a yeah. uh, kid da, 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 or yeah, yeah. Uh, king da 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 mm-hmm. It's it's just a simple five letter word, mm-hmm. 
with no meaning mm. or if you if you don't know it <laughs> of course it has a lot of meaning but i would have probably like i even picked it different in the beginning to be honest like because my first name was effect mm-hmm. it was f dot ekt ah, okay. because because um we we painted our first piece Shu and me with a different name at that time and it was in the nighttime and the sun was uh, the moon was shining and we were very naive and super beginners like we really barely ever painted in our life and i think actually this was our first piece ever in the nighttime ever 94 or 95 94 and and when we did it like shu had like a white with him and mm-hmm. he would do highlights mm-hmm. but very naive you know like not not it wasn't a decision like i'm doing highlights we didn't even know the name highlights yeah. at that time we just painted uh, something and then added some white mm-hmm. to make it shine you know mm-hmm. and it, it it did work somehow and he was really impressed by by himself and so he jumped around and was like oh i love the effect i love the effect i love the effect and and that sticked to my 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 mind that mm-hmm. night yeah effect yeah. And and so uh, as this was just one of our first pieces ever, like the next day, I think I came up with a, a piece I wanted to paint by myself, and I sticked with the name Effect, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to write it with E F F E C T or E F F E K T like you write it in German. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I preferred the F dot E K T Effect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so my first pieces are like that Effect, <laughs> but um. But but you know what? When you try to to paint a style with a dot in between or like a, a little uh, yeah. a, a, a dash, dash yeah. it makes the space, yeah. <laughs> and it looks kind of weird. Like I yeah. think nowadays it would be some cool thing to do. Mm. Like I, I could totally see certain twenty twenty writers totally freak out on that space and and that style of writing it. But at that time, I realized oh, F and and that dash in the middle it sucks man mm-hmm. how how can i solve this i've already painted five pieces with it now i don't want to change my name again mm-hmm. so i i just decided to take away the space in between mm-hmm. and i would just write effect mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. f e k t then mm-hmm. and um yeah so my first pieces were always a four letter word fact with f and my dj name on the first flyers when my name was ever written on mm-hmm. is with f dj fact mm-hmm. that's how it was written yeah, and I think me and Shu we did some interrail Euro railing traveling in '96 then, and we were traveling around, and I would see certain names where people uh, uh, wrote letters with F, like words with F, but with PH, mm-hmm. like I don't know, uh, fate with yeah, PH yeah, yeah. or or uh, fate. Yeah, with, not with F, but with PH or four with PH. You know, like some, yeah. some you would see these, uh, this twist and the like, twist hey, on the yeah. yeah the I sound. actually like it because sometimes the F was really frustrating me. Yeah, because because also that you know that's why I'm saying like if I would choose again, I probably wouldn't call myself because because <laughs> the F is also a very stiff letter in the beginning. Yeah, it's not really like. You, it's not. You, you it's can, not sexy. It's yeah, hard to make. It's hard to make it, make it sexy. funky. Yeah, yeah. There is people that can do it, and I would say nowadays I can do it myself also. Yeah. But at that time, as a beginner, man, it was very limiting me. Yeah, yeah. Compared to people that started their letters with uh, their names with S or oh, with yeah. K's or mm-hmm. R's, you know, mm-hmm. like like it was so much more uh, uh, balance already. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Like then I changed it to fact with PH. Mm-hmm. And I stuck to it until now. Sometimes I still write it with with F, 
but mainly with pH. Nice. Fact. That's the story. And and that's also be because I became a DJ with that name in '95 as well. Yeah. So yeah, now I'm DJ. Then it's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> if I would have called myself uh, penis, penis, <laughs> yeah, I would be DJ Penis. Or uh, yeah, I mean, I I, I really thought about this because it's so funny. You you choose one word. Yeah. And it creates this alter ego. Yeah, yeah. And of I course. mean, if you th honestly, my even in my work, like people call me effect yeah like yeah. it's like my own picked nickname yeah well, yeah <laughs> I, exactly. I decided myself it's this like not <laughs> organically grown it was like it's like a it's like yeah. a, a brand yeah but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't, it wasn't picked with, it wasn't picked at all with the mind like it's not a brand i'm not selling product yeah. with this but um i'm just saying if i would have thought about it that this name will stick with me forever and people will call me that name mm -hmm. instead of my real name yeah, maybe I would have called myself Funk Master. <laughs> <laughs> funk Master. I'll, I'll call you Funk Master if you want, man. No, it's it's funny. Yeah, you never really think about it when. And it's, I think as far as artists go, it's it's like it's one of the other, one of the only other platforms that you can actually just make your own alter ego mm -hmm. and make your own make yourself like a kind of a superhero name, mm -hmm. you know, like. Like your artist name is like it becomes you. Yeah, it's but like it's not you. My friend was asking, "What are you doing today?" I was like, I'll, "I'll meet up with Deadbeat Hero." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I call you Rob, but yeah, I know. But when I also when I talk to Elizabeth, I'm like, "Yeah, Fett's coming." Yeah, I got that. It's funny, that right? Interview with Fett coming up. We're gonna talk. It, yeah, it's like it's like these weird picked alter egos yeah. that create this this imagery of who we are or who we want to be. Effect rolls off the tongue a lot better than <laughs> yeah. Deadbeat Hero, I think. <laughs> like I always like nobody really calls me that to my face. I, I look, like I'm sure I mean it's not really a nickname to yeah. call. Yeah, so. exactly. That's true. Hey, Deadbeat like, Hero, do you want? It, it, it creates a distance. Like it's more <laughs> it's, like, hey, Deadbeat Hero, are you thirsty? It's, it's like or almost like. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it. It wasn't meant to be. Like uh, the artist name, actually, yeah. it just it just happens that way after a while. But you know, that is what it is. I'm not shortening it. I'm not making it shorter now. So just keep it that way. Yeah. You have to get used to it. Yeah, man. <laughs> thanks for no. Thanks for for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for coming. I'm really uh, it, happy that you made the trip out here to talk bullshit. It's for not that far. Yeah, no. It, it was interesting for me also, yeah. like, cause cause when you said you want to do a podcast. Like for me, as someone who who does a weekly radio show, yeah, exactly. I was I, I was curious, like if there was like this one main major topic or or whatever, you know that that we will. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, man. I just want to. I just want to hang out and talk and and. Yeah, but that, that's interesting. Also, I think. I mean, you you, you don't know where it's going, but yeah, it's good. I mean, it's not for me. It's it's really interesting just talking to to people about their experience with art like where they get their influences from and shit yeah. like that like how and i don't know having you on is like the perfect first guest i think because it's like you, coming you, from the past you know you know like this yeah. stuff and you're still still active doing shit i'm I'm, like, I'm used to avoiding uh uh, empty spaces in the interview because <laughs> yeah. that's what I have to do in the radio exactly. all the time like uh, I, I know interviews where I ask people a question yeah. and some some rap stars or whatever guys yeah. and you ask them a question and if they're tired you know they just answer very short and you ask another question right. and they answer again very <laughs> brief and you're like alright if you continue like this we're done in three minutes right. <laughs> you're like you're it's supposed to talk for 20 minutes now like what are we going to do I think the interview is just so 
I mean, I know you only have a little bit of time to get a few sound bites from someone, but it's like it feels to me like it's just so it's hard to to get yourself out of the head of like this is an interview. Like mm. there's a question, bam, another question before you could even have yeah. time to think about the answer that you gave like a few minutes ago. Yeah. And that's, interviews are hard, man. The, the, all you can really do is like try to be as honest as possible and say as much like that you want to say in that short time that you have. That's true. Like, I think it's sometimes hard to to have a conversation with someone that you have to introduce somehow to the public here. Yeah, yeah. Because no, not everyone is always so deep into certain artists or into certain stories, you know, so you have to explain, which you can, also, of course, as, as radio producer, you can do that yeah. in the intro mm -hmm. and explain who this is. Yeah. But still, I think when it comes to a new album or something, there's always certain questions that somehow need to be a topic. Yeah. Because yeah. it's obvious if it's a concept album, you want to talk about the concept. And if mm -hmm. it's interesting producers on it, you want to talk about the production. Yeah. But I have the feeling a lot of times when I do interviews, I'm like, damn, I mean, these, these things have already been talked about on several interviews on YouTube or mm -hmm. on streams from various stations or, uh, uh podcasts or whatever you know artists yeah. end up online with interviews all the time yeah in this british radio station or in this australian or this american or italian or whatever and and so i think it's always also very important to create a good atmosphere in an interview mm -hmm. so that maybe it becomes more a, a conversation yeah with with some personal uh parts in it mm -hmm. than just a question answer yeah to the new press sheet kind of because I don't like to do that yeah it's... like the information from the press sheet and just let the artist say it yeah exactly but yeah it, it's, it's a skill it's, it's... to get people to just be like comfortable and, and yeah if, especially it, there is no real rule to be honest because because a lot of a lot of personalities in a lot of different uh, environments and situations react different mm -hmm. that's why it's very hard to come up with one one technique let's say yeah yeah did you have like one interview where you just couldn't like you didn't respect the person at all or that not no that's no, not a good question wait no <laughs> no 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 but i mean i know what you mean and it happened to me to be honest and 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 i uh it happened to me one time with big daddy kane actually like like really? that i that i uh but not that i disrespected him on purpose it was more like i formula i talked about a topic and it I think because of the language barrier and maybe mm -hmm. I, I pronounced it wrong or maybe something in the situation didn't fit the intimacy of the question. Yeah. Uh, got him on the wrong foot a little bit. Oh, and I felt, I mean, it wasn't bad. He was professional, you know, yeah, but it yeah. killed the vibe. Like I'm yeah. sensitive and I could feel in that moment, it like... The aura changed. The aura changed. <laughs> yeah. And, and and to be honest, I mean, I get it also why, you know, because yeah, it was, course. it was just, it wasn't meant, you know, to harm him or. But that's gotta be crazy. Like you have to meet so many people and like all of a sudden they're in front of you and like you have to talk to them and, and, and have a quick connection about. Yeah, no, it's not always easy, especially, yeah. especially as a lot of these artists are, uh, you know, they are old, like old school in terms of that they've been around for a while. Mm -hmm. I also talk, of course, to younger artists. Yeah. But but um, right now, what what I mean is like, especially with the older guys, they're so used to the situation. They either are very professional and and have this this professional approach to the interview situation, or you have 
artists that are moody and tired and and actually pissed kind of just yeah. uh, now fuck i want to chill now i have to be in vienna and do an interview yeah yeah because their management organized it yeah as promotion for the gig later yeah of and course. we give away two tickets yeah <laughs> and that's why they're there you know and, yeah. and 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 you can totally feel that uh man they just want to get it done you know and yeah. and i get that as well like i get it although i prefer it if the artists get briefed ahead that they also know that what we do for instance with tribe vibes is very and 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 at the fm4 station that it's very uh, professional and mm -hmm. and and not taken easy in terms of like everybody who works there works professionally yeah yeah and and we do our research and we know what we talk about mm -hmm. it's not like we don't care yeah it's not just like a <laughs> but if we are some amateurs having fun it's 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 proper you know like people yeah. know what they do mm -hmm. and so it sometimes takes a while until until artists figure that out yeah that that they also talk to people that know what they do mm -hmm. and that it's professional surrounding and, and, and a good environment. It's a real respect for the music. But a lot of times you do the, the interviews not in not at the radio station because there is no time. Yeah. So you go there. You know, you go to a venue, you go to a hotel mm -hmm. and you do the interview there. And that's also interesting because sometimes it's you and three other uh, journalists from other media outlets yeah. or blogs or podcasts. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of luck which slot you get. And if you have bad luck and before you, you have maybe a podcaster who hasn't done it in a long, like for long. Yeah. And who asks stupid questions. Mm -hmm. It can kill the mood already for the next third person then, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's all that, these are all things that you have to consider when you have like appointments for interviews with artists. Yeah. That it's not always the perfect ideal surrounding with, with, uh, happy people <laughs> yeah exactly a lot of well i mean it's in general it's all good you know like i wouldn't do this if it wouldn't be nice yeah but you, you make your experiences by time you know exactly when did you start there in at fmfia uh i started in i think 2005 oh, okay nice but i grew up listening to to tribebs the show that i'm hosting with trishes mm -hmm. um like i grew up as a as a like really listening to that show as it was one of the few sources for information okay. in Austria when it came to hip hop. All right. Like we would we would watch Yo MTV Raps, like I said in the yeah, beginning, yeah. and we would listen to FM4, uh, like FM4 Tribe Vibes later, but mm -hmm. beginning it was on Ö3. Okay. It was just called Tribe Vibes oh. in, in the music box, which was a little slot in, at Ö3 at that time. And later they, they uh, got the frequency for an, a whole youth station. Called wow. FM4 <laughs> nice. in the 90s, but yeah, I I grew up listening to these shows by Demon Flowers, DJ DSL, and mm -hmm. Katharina Weingartner, mm -hmm. who were the first people doing tribe vibes. Yeah, and then throughout the years, different uh, uh, people got involved with mixes or in hosting, mm -hmm. like Functionist and Trishes and uh, Beware was a DJ for a while, and and you had different guest DJs coming in, and. Yeah, in, in 2005, I joined the team, kind of. Yeah. And, and we, we still do it. Nice, man. And we still keep the tradition of this radio show alive every week. And you can stream it online too, right? Yeah, it's every uh, it's it's on the FM4 website, exactly. Nice. It, when did, like when did the love for, I know the love for graffiti, but the love for like uh, collecting records and playing records for people, when did that start? That was early. Like I always liked to buy records and I always liked to 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 listen to music with attention, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like to look at the artwork and to read the liner notes, even as a kid. 
Yeah. And have all these questions about what that means. Yeah. Recorded in Malibu. <laughs> uh, whatever. Bass. Yeah. Uh, drum machine programming. Yeah. This and this person. Scratching. This and this person. Yeah. Um, synthesizer. This person. Vocoder. <laughs> this person. You read all these things as a kid and you're like, what is this? <laughs> what, what, is what, is, what is a synthesizer? What is, this? what is a drum machine? Yeah, yeah. What is a scratch? <laughs> you know, like I, all these things. I, like I, I liked and, and look at the image of a record, listen to the music and, and have your mind going like crazy with all the information you get. Mm-hmm. And so I had this feeling of, of for music and playing music for friends always. I yeah. would record tapes with my favorite music for my friends. Yeah, yeah. Not as a DJ, but like mm-hmm. as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and <laughs> switch tapes, you probably did that too, like dubbing yeah. tapes for kids, little mixtapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and making your friends listen to the music you like and influencing <laughs> them. Yeah. Spreading a certain type of music in your friend circle. I like to do that. And and at school parties as kids when we would go like once a year on a school field trip, mm-hmm. we had like uh, uh we would sleep at a at a little guest house whole class and and we would have like in one of those youth rooms in the evening yeah at a, a, a school disco <laughs> and and there was sometimes just a tape recorder in there as it was very amateur style yeah and i would bring my cassettes and play the music in that school disco oh. and then the kids would dance for s- these lightings <laughs> and country disco and it's amazing like the uh when you start to- talking about uh, cassette tapes and yeah. tapes like it just did you do that like, also fuck man it's like it feels like it was ages ago that was like such another time compared to what we do now like nobody yeah. fucks around with tapes and let's say want to do some analog shit yeah. you know it's like it makes me feel old man stop, stop talking talk about new shit god damn it <laughs> yeah no, all, all it's, young it's, people it's, be like huh? <laughs> what is this what so a cassette about? tape is yeah it's it's all right. Like I, I like the nostalgia of it actually. Now I like that I'm at an age where it's, uh, where I can look back at stuff so fondly and have like this feeling that like when I was younger, if I like I couldn't look back at the Rolling Stones and have this like image of being at a concert with some chick and shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and now I think like looking back at bands that are here. Like if somebody talks about the Arcade Fire or some shit, I'm like, yeah, man, Arcade Fire or something like. Yeah. You know, like I can remember that concert that that shit happened and all that stuff. Like yeah. having all this, uh, farung, yeah, all this yeah. Uh, experience. <laughs> experience in life, man. Like, I think that's a gift that you get when you get older and you have that. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that. They just think it's like, I don't know if that's true. I forget that <laughs> a lot. You know, like that this is my, this is my gift. Like I have all this experience. It's not. Yeah. It's not a curse getting older, man. Like it's just you gotta accept True. it and just go on with like these uh these experiences yeah. and know that there's more to come, or at least hope that there's more to come, you know. True. Oh man, I hope twenty twenty one doesn't suck dick as hard as fucking twenty twenty, man. Mm. This year's been tough, dude. But tell me about it. Like it's <laughs> it's it's really uh a, a weird year. It's just never, I've never had, I don't think anybody was, you know, could ever have been prepared for this kind of, sh- kind of mm. shit, you know? Like, nobody was thinking about this shit no. when, when the new year came in, and we're still in it, you Dude, know? It's I, was, like, I was, 
going to London this year in, in January. Mm -hmm. And I remember so good how it felt. It was so normal and it was like nice. I want to start off the year with a nice little trip and yeah, then do man. this and do this and go there in the year and had some plans for traveling. And and if you would have told me in January, man, you're wearing masks. Yes. You have to use disinfect for your hands all the time. All the time. Like you you I'm always looking for it. Like, Where the fuck <laughs> is it? Where's my fucking Sandy, bro? You know, like Yeah, it sucks. It's, I mean it's it's necessary, but it's it's I remember when like it just started to get this pandemic that we were talking about it in China. This was just like in March, dude. It was like you know, like, ah, it's over there and like, you know, it might be spreading. And then you see like one person on the street with a mask and you're like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with that guy? You see one person on the U-Bahn with like a mask. And you're like, everybody's looking at that person. Like, what's yeah. up? Now, if you walk in that train with no mask, everybody's like, dude, get the fuck away from me right yeah. now. And they just move away. It's so true. It's like, it's something is not normal. Like you change the scene of everything. Like what, what hits your head is normal. It has changed for us so quickly, and it's really as like as a species, you know. Yeah. It's like now you 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 can spot this new uh, imperfection in our fucking in our silhouette, you know. It's like fuck, dude. We're just fucking crazy little animals running around this planet, dude. I don't it's, know. It's scary I don't know what to say. It's really scary. Just man. make art and and keep going, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it. I don't know, man. If you would have told me, I would have not believed that it would go. Yeah. where it would go and and basically the traveling is so i mean it's also a luxury pro problem you know that you can't travel i mean yeah there's way more problems right now in the world but but the uh, fact that it's not possible right now to go wherever you want yeah just without having some some tests to do and yeah it it's i bought some tickets to go back to the states for for Christmas now because they were super cheap but mm -hmm. now I'm you know usually it's just really uh, how much how much is a ticket it, to, the it, to the states was on to Texas specifically yeah. was under 400 euros <laughs> back and forth <laughs> back and forth dude. with everything everything I'm fucking wow. with the yeah with the seat with the fucking <laughs> ceiling a place to put my hand like no I mean with the with the, the, with the uh, a suitcase yeah 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 with yeah, with yeah, because a lot of times they add a lot of money. No, on. I think you add a you you, have, you always have to now you always have to pay for a suitcase. I think yeah. like I don't know, but it's without having to get the suitcase because usually when I go back I just bring like a hand bag mm -hmm. or oh, a backpack, you know, mm -hmm. with a a foldable bigger bag inside, mm -hmm. and then when I go to Texas I get as much shit as I can and I fill up the other bag and then I check a bag coming back. Mm -hmm. That's my strategy. I save me. <laughs> a few bucks you, <laughs> for that Starbucks coffee. Okay, so so you you also buy a lot of clothes in the states. Yeah, sometimes I go back and give me some some nice American blue jeans, you know, some fucking Levi's. <laughs> I go to the outlet out there and get some um and get some yeah. fucking clothes. It's cheaper, and, right? Uh, you can find. I mean, it, it always fucks you up too because you get so used to euros and then you're fucking you're back to dollars and you're like, oh yeah, this is cheaper. And then you do the conversion in your head and you're like, nah, it's fuck. It's the same fucking price and I have to haul this shit back. <laughs> it's just dumb. It's true. But uh, yeah, man. I this time is really a good time to go for Christmas. And then you're there after Christmas, and the fucking sales are pretty insane. Mm -hmm. And then I'm able to get a bunch of shit and bring it back, and and then wear it for a few months, and then 
Yeah. This is how it goes, man. Okay. Is it is it actually I mean this is very personal now. Is, is, is <laughs> <Bring> it, it, <laughs> no no is is the, the 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 COVID situation in, in your hometown for instance uh in control as unter Anführungszeichen, I don't know it's the not, English word. No, like, it's not it's not safe. I don't feel like it's safe. I mean, but I don't know what else to do, man. Like I I want to go back and see my family. You know, it's like I just want to go for about three weeks. I I kind I kind of feel like I need to go back there because with all of this, especially after the lockdown and shit, like you you feel so much more distant after a while. Yeah. So I want to go back. I'm gonna try to take the risk, but and whatever documents they need for me, I'll get it. You know, you just have yeah. to do it. It's the new fucking normal. It's gonna be just how we ha used to have to. We didn't have to take our shoes off when we were going from airport to airport. And then, like, now, fuck, now I have we to, have to, to wear, wear the shoes with, like, the loose laces. You know what I mean? I think it's just gonna, this is now the new normal. It's going to be, like, oh, it's not going to be e as easy to travel for us anymore. Flying already fucking sucking, man. I remember when I was younger, it wasn't so bad. I don't, I guess cause I didn't have to really do all the worrying. You know, I was just the tag along. Or, yeah. or when I was younger, I didn't really care about it when I would go by myself. Yeah. Like it wasn't so stressful, but now it's so much shit, dude. And yeah. then you get there and all of a sudden the chairs feel smaller. Like it's like every year, like they take it one more inch away from your space yeah. and sell you the prices go up and the seats go lower, dude. It's fucked up. Like, man. how long can we do this? With the, we, <laughs> when, when will they? We're just sitting on a stick up our ass. <laughs> You're just flying on a plane, bouncing on a stick. Fuck that. Uh, no, and paying a lot of money for it too, probably, because there's no other way to get to America. You, teleport, they fucking have that shit hidden somewhere in some fucking scientist lab. Like, <laughs> we discovered teleportation. It's like, no, dude, not yet. Yeah. Not yet. We're making too much money on this fucking airplane shit. I just bought a new Boeing. I'm not going to fucking release this transporter for anyone. <laughs> this tele. This. You know what I mean? That's. Uh, I think they have it somewhere, this fucking. Yeah, you think? Yeah, man. I mean, Star Trek had it back in the fucking 70s. You know, once they fucking did that shit, yeah. they were like, we have to figure this shit out, man. We got to be able to beam people from here to there, you know, like instantaneously. Yeah. Then you have no excuse to be late. You know, it's like traffic yeah, my man. ass. Uh, we got completely off topic. Oh, there man, yeah. I, I, I honestly, I, I thought that you stopped recording in the meantime. Is it still recording? <laughs> Oh shit! Because you are, you have been talking more than I have now. Yeah. I mean that's okay, I guess. That's fine. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> are there any uh, like groups or uh, artists out there now that you could recommend for people to listen to that you're like really digging at at the moment? Um, it's it's interesting. I mean, what I really like is is the uh, we talked about it already. It, but it's not really new, mm -hmm. but it's this trio from Texas called Kruang Bin. Yeah, yeah. I really like their music, like what they do, how they progress. With, with yeah, you totally turned me on to them. <laughs> yeah, it's super <laughs> interesting music. It, it's very reduced, you know, like just guitar, bass, and, and drums, percussion, mm -hmm. and sometimes voice. But the way how they hit certain spots with their chords and their instrumentation, and, and a lot of... Uh, a lot of the the influences that they draw from and combined with their own funk and and vibes it's just beautiful and and the other day i was listening to jay electronica okay from from the states this guy it, i think his, his album is called a written testimony 
mm-hmm. and it has Jay Z featured on pretty much every song, but uncredited. He's oh, just shit. on there, but not not as feature guest or credited really? at all. No, it's not just a like a, a sound alike. No, no, it's no, no. They're friends. He's yeah, he's signed he's at Rock Nation. Yeah, but it's really interesting because they use one song that is based on Kruang Bin. Okay. And that 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 was a really uh, a strong song that they used, and that's actually as you just asked me what I can recommend at mm-hmm. the moment. I would say listen to Kruang Bin, and then check out uh, the song A Hymn, mm-hmm. and then check out J Electronica's song, nice. based on that instrumental. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. So yeah, I don't know. Like this is what I really like, but I also yeah lately i still listen to igor that album by um tyler the creator oh yeah yeah from last year mm-hmm. i like that a lot still oh i didn't get into tyler too much i tried i think i i just listened to a bunch of shit yeah i mean random but i didn't really invest you have into to be it 100%. In, it, yeah it's 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 a, a very certain Energy it has. Yeah. I, I love the energy of it. Yeah. But you have to be somehow in in in, in the vibe yeah, yeah, to yeah. get into that energy. Yeah, it, it's yeah. nothing that you would like. Like Kruang Bin is easier to just uh, uh, if you have guests mm-hmm. and you just listen to it in the like while it's in like not in the background background but more like almost like an instrumental like in your face. It, it almost I think it's almost more like an instrumental. And your voice, conver- the conversation you have is almost like the voice track above the instrumental. You know, yeah, yeah. somehow it get it, it creates this feeling in the room. Do you do you hate it like I hate it when people talk to their phones um, and not on their phones? Like and they yeah, talk it confuses really loud me. And, and they stare at their phone, but they're doing the loud, yeah, a, f- a full on video conference. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of course, yeah. No, I don't like that shit. Also, <laughs> I also don't like when people have. Uh, uh, Bluetooth and I, I hate myself sometimes for that also to be honest because uh, I caught myself when I went swimming this summer sometimes I would end up uh, next to a bunch of, of uh, people with a Bluetooth boombox okay yeah you yeah. know and, and I ride my bike for like 50 minutes to to the outside of the Danube channel somewhere and I want to hang out in the green scenery mm-hmm. the nature next to the river and I'm really enjoying to get out of the city yeah and then you hear yeah. and you're like man ah <laughs> uh, it's really not what I was searching for you know like here yeah yeah and through the Bluetooth USB boxes. This is something you see a lot of times now. It's so easy to move around. They're so small. And yeah, so and everybody put. Man. Everybody is like having this urge of when it's comfortable somewhere and we it need some fun. jams. What yeah, the fuck? Play some dope music and <laughs> fuck this nature. And I get I love it. it. You know, I really get that because we were walking with little ghetto blasters, uh, little battery yeah, of course, yeah. powered <laughs> radios. We would walk through our city square as kids and listen yeah. to Run DMC yeah. and feel really really great or listen to lords of the underground later yeah, yeah. and ilmatic and all these records and really felt amazing you know yeah. doing this and getting the stairs by the old people <laughs> and now i feel like i give the stairs although i, I try not to yeah man it's a, it's just a part of the evolution of the mind i guess man it's just it's a different way of thinking i don't think you even paid any attention of the old you know the the stairs mm. from the music that you're making it when you're younger, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, I I would probably have a Bluetooth box as a I have a Bluetooth box, but I just don't take it with me. Mm-hmm. But uh, as a kid, uh, we would probably do exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
bring these things and listen to gangster rap yeah. or whatever rap. All right, man. So let's wrap this up, yeah? Yeah. Let's go yeah. ahead and, and knock this out. I really uh, appreciate that you came by. And uh, Thanks, man. I ho- yeah. Thanks for, for uh, letting me share some some random <laughs> information <laughs> you dropped some knowledge on us for sure man. Some, some random topics that we touched but it's always a pleasure talking to you and just hanging out and yeah for sure it's, it's, it's just talking it's good. bullshit I mean, or whatever it's, it's it's fun yeah and yeah. and that's the the how you say that that's the main thing about this like yeah. hanging out talking having fun having conversations like Maybe there are no microphones something. in the room yeah exactly just i kind of forgot it Yes, yeah, <laughs> that there were microphones in the room. I'm just, just listening. But I think it. you're more comfortable with a microphone than, than most people would. No, be. I am. I am. It's it's just, uh, you know, with microphones and and these situations, it it's either like a very focused, like we do this 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a 20 minute w- uh, with start and scr- and and finish point, kind of where you know where you want to go. Yeah, that's yeah. that would be the typical radio atmosphere then. Yeah, to know where we're going yeah, kind the, of yeah, the, yeah and and it's a, a different feeling i think uh if it's open yeah like here like we I, we, we just drink some beers and we just talk and and, yeah. and it, it mixes with the feeling that we're just hanging out and yeah, uh, really for me for me these microphones at a certain point just feel like light bulbs kind of <laughs> it's just decoration in the room you know you forget that you're talking about some topics that are recorded yeah it's like more in the in the back of your head that the mics are here yeah that's actually be, speaking for this you know that, yeah. that that i really got in a zone for a second where i was just scribbling around <laughs> and, and and listening to you talk and and kind of almost forgetting that we're in a podcast <laughs> almost like okay that's why i hope that it's not too random what we were talking about we'll see how it ends up it's gonna yeah. be awesome though yeah thanks but for for inviting me for sure for sure and um yeah, man. thanks for coming all the way over here good luck f- for the for the further interviews thank you thank you yeah, was... or podcast sessions podcast sessions and uh, beer drinking sessions arcade arcade <laughs> Yeah. A game of arcade. <laughs> the game of arcade. Welcome to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. That's man. how you should start it. <laughs> <laughs> With that voice. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the next level. You've joined arcade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Contestant one. <laughs> Player one. Fight. Fight. <laughs> That's how you. <laughs> I have to do this now, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna start the podcast with this, and then they're gonna have to listen to the whole podcast to get to this point. <laughs> Just at the end, like, why are they talking about this random shit? Next contestant for the for the week next week. <laughs> Does he have the guts or she? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so funny how they uh, like like commercials in America are are spoken. Yes, and like like how they pro- pronounce stuff. Yep. And how the voices are used, it's so funny. It's not it's such not not a natural voice. Like no, if somebody never. was talking to you like that, like if you're like, uh, excuse me, sir, where's the milk? <laughs> it's right over there. Yeah, by exactly. the co- by the coffee beans. <laughs> what the fuck? June. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> you know the typical movie when when there's like some 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 drop, some sub yeah. bass like <laughs> You know, it's just going down right then. That's when the, the car's in Open slow motion it. in the middle yeah. of the air. And then the movie's theater's like... <laughs> coming. I think I want to see this film. Coming to a theater near you. <laughs> so yeah, man, cool. So thanks for coming by. Thanks for um, letting me drop some science. You dropped the knowledge on... <laughs> some on knowledge. On some mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to... 
<laughs> to uh, see the the beginnings of the graffiti scene here in Vienna. And yeah, a little bit at least. I think a little we, bit. I, I think we talked about it a little bit. Yeah, a little about bit. About yeah. the, the beginnings here and and certain certain. Is there uh, anything else we left out that you want to talk about? Yeah, in part two then. Okay, <laughs> save it. Save it for the part two. Yeah. No, I mean there 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 are definitely a lot of things that that parallel happened. You know, we we talked about a little uh, upper Austrian history and about Vienna Hall of Fame history, yeah, but yeah. you know, of course, there has been a, a lot of stories that should be told. It's by themselves or, yeah, or like of course. that are Some, worth talking yeah. about like personas or, or or people that came through that left an impression that left yeah. a mark that's something that definitely um it deserves a talk, yeah uh, it, yeah i mean it, it's it that's that's that, that, that would be its own topic yeah, kind of like sure. talk about certain names that that stood out yeah that were important i definitely like to have you back again to yeah, talk for, more about it and just we, we, we can we, we can have more of a, a f factual based <laughs> yeah. history Did talk you say factual factual with ph yeah <laughs> that that that's definitely possible yeah all right let's do that then thank yeah, you man yeah thank you good luck with with the podcast and thanks and shout out safe, to all the listeners bike ride home yes thank you <laughs> all right man bye, bye.